Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Jason, doing fine. Hope you are. It's uh, it, it just amazes me that we are already uh, in a, a whole week of 2022. Um, and you know, one of the hardest things for me uh, <laughs> is is writing out 2022 when I'm doing a date. You, you know, you get accustomed to doing 2021, and you know it becomes a habit. And so then it's um, then you have to break that habit and start again. <laughs> when do we get to officially complain about the year going too fast? Is it February or uh, March? When when? Because we, well, we, we do that. Well, we start complaining now, but of course it doesn't do us That's any true. good. That's true. Because, uh, you know, nobody's listening to complaints anyway. <laughs> so, you know, it's, but, uh, but it, it, it is, it, it's, it is hard for us to break habits. Uh, and it's, you know, that's what New Year's are all about and resolutions. It's, it's like, uh, how do we start again? How, how do we throw, throw away what's not working for us and, and hopefully try something new that, that might work for us better? <laughs> and, and of course, uh, with any kind of success, uh, there is no success ever without failures uh, uh, <laughs> preceding success, you know. So that's, uh, you know, we... we don't have to uh, at least beat ourselves up over the fact that that we haven't gotten everything right. You know that will never come. So we just uh, celebrate what we get right and go and move on, don't we? That's all we can do, really. <laughs> well, okay. Bill, we have a, a big week lined up. This is the week that you're having your webinars this Wednesday, January twelfth. Yep, next Wednesday, that I, you know, and I certainly encourage uh, people who are interested in in uh, our topics. Uh, and of course, uh, we normally have a good good crowd, uh, which I, you know, I enjoy spending the time uh, teaching people. Uh, about these topics because, frankly, it's hard, really hard, to get good information that's reliable on either one of these topics, frankly. Um, uh, you know, so, so often the information you get is tainted in some way, um, uh, you know, where someone's trying to sell you something or somebody is, is doing... Uh, you know, there's a motivation behind what what you're you're learning, and at least in my webinars, I'm trying to give folks as much uh, good factual information that's helpful to them. And of course, our morning seminar on Wednesday is on long-term care, uh, financial assistance. Uh, we focus on Medicaid and all of its tentacles and all of its complex rules. Uh, we also talk uh, in our uh, long-term care webinar. We uh, also talk a good bit about uh, veterans' benefits and talk about um, uh, special assistance uh, and the other areas where financial assistance is available uh, when someone uh, has a long-term care issue. And of course, the the biggie that so many folks don't realize 
is our healthcare system does not cover long-term care. Um, it, it's the biggest hole in the system. You know, they talk about the donut hole and the fact that Medicare doesn't cover uh, drugs. And of course, over the last uh, several years, they've been trying to reduce and eliminate the donut hole, which I give them great credit for because it's been a big issue for seniors. However, there's a big gap that everyone ignores, and the big gap is Medicare does not cover long-term care expenses. You know, our medical system is based on acute care. Uh, you know, you break your arm, you go to the hospital, they can, they can fix you up, and it's covered under your insurance policy. But if you have uh, dementia or if, if you have other... Uh, long-term care needs where you need the assistance of others, guess what? There's no coverage, and it's really, really expensive. So financial assistance, when families need care, um, that information is extremely helpful to folks, and so I would encourage. And, of course, the other biggie area is what I cover in the afternoon, and that has to do with how do we protect our assets? How, you know, what property might already have asset protection quality, qualities with it? What do you need uh, to protect yourself? Uh, how do trusts work into that? A lot of folks know that trusts can help. Of course, business people know that corporations and limited liability companies make a big difference there as well. But clearly, uh, knowing how asset protection from a legal perspective works for folks uh, makes a huge difference. Uh, and so, again, our afternoon webinar uh, can be uh, a real blessing for folks. So anyway, I would encourage folks to tune in, if you will, <laughs> to either our long-term care uh, webinar or our asset protection webinar. Uh, because, I, like I said, I try to give folks as much reliable information as I possibly can. And it's a lot of fun for me to do that. And it's so easy to attend. All you have to do is go to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. From there, you just click on the Seminars button. It's free to register, free to attend. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. All you need is a device with an internet connection and an email address, and you're good to go. WGALaw.com. Dot com is the website. If you prefer to call the office, that phone number is 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander learn more about him online at wgalaw.com wgalaw.com that's where you can schedule an appointment to speak with bill that's also where you can register for bill's free webinars happening this wednesday january 12th be sure to go online to wgalaw.com and click on the seminars button 
to learn more. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we were speaking throughout the holidays about how this is usually a time for us to make observations about our family. Well, most of us um, uh, enjoyed family being with us, uh, or we went to family, or family came to us. Uh, It's that time of season where being with family is really important to, uh, to all of us. And so uh, for most of us, either over Thanksgiving or Christmas holiday or both, uh, we were around our loved ones for at least a few days, um, maybe a week if we're lucky, or maybe we got to see them over both holidays, uh, and that's even better. But the fact is we, we did have opportunities to enjoy our family members, and, and oftentimes we see things that concern us about our loved ones because of, particularly for those folks who are not around us every day or frequently uh, and we visit after a few months or or even a year we see things that it's harder to observe when we're around someone all the time uh, because uh, when, when we see uh, a, a loved one uh, after a period of time, uh, we, we can observe obvious changes that uh, might be difficult to observe uh, for others. And that when we see those declines in our loved ones, then the question is, what do we do about it? Okay, and and that's um, and, and that can be really important. Not only what we do, but how we do it. And <laughs> you know, it's kind of thing where if you're lucky, you are catching uh, a um, ob- obvious decline early on. And you know that some sometimes the best thing is just to be able to talk about it. And then to try to figure out is how is it a is it a real problem or not or is it a problem yet and and is it a problem yet is actually the more likely scenario uh, because uh, and so the, the trick is from my perspective uh, for a spouse or for children of someone who is in a situation where there's an obvious decline, um, then it's how, how, what can we do to help? It's, it's not, it, and it should not be, you know, what can we do to take over? You know, what can we do to ruin your life? <laughs> it's what can we do to help? What can we do to help you be yourself, to stay in control, to be independent, to stay at home, uh, what are the things that can be done that actually make a difference? Because one of the things that, at least from my own perspective, having dealt with these kind of issues for many, many years, is the fact that when we completely ignore it, we don't get help, uh, then what happens, there comes a time Typically, there's an acute issue that sends us to the hospital for something unrelated oftentimes. And then, it, it, and then the doctors get involved, and it's like, mm, nope, can't go home, sorry. 
it, you know, not unless you have provide this, 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 and this, or you go to assisted living or whatever. And then it's like, oh, oh, oh we can't afford that. Uh, that's just way out of our league. And and so uh, and now you have to understand that we seniors, and I have to say I'm a senior now. Uh, you know, I hate it. But and and hey. Don't think that anybody that falls into that category has been waiting their whole lifetime to, to say, hey, I'm a senior. I get my senior discounts. But, you know, the fact is the only good thing about being a senior is that we get senior discounts. <laughs> you know, our bodies don't work as well. You know, we don't think as fast. We... Uh, our reaction times are a little slower, uh, and, and or worse, <laughs> you know. And so, but the, but but the fact is, none of us want to give up our independence. None of us want to give up our control. We like our lives, at least most of us do. And you know, it's like you know, we don't want to accept help. So. Obviously, your willingness to help has to be accepted. And, and by talking about it and how you can help uh, in subtle ways um, makes a huge difference. And so uh, that is really important. Okay, now let's move from that to the legal aspects of a loved one in decline. Uh, and and it's it's not a, all about health care, if you will, uh, or the need for assistance. Part of it has to do with okay, uh, what should what kind of legal documents should we have? And here's here's the problem. There there are so many people that believe that if they have simple documents, that's all they need. You know, if, if they get in decline, they, they've signed a power of attorney. They have a will. Uh, they have health care documents. You know, they uh, went to their uh, local attorney and, and they got some documents 10 years ago, and those documents should be fine. Uh, so why, why worry about it? And the fact is, is that most seniors do not have the right documents. And if they, if they actually knew that and knew the options that they had with legal documents, they'd run to get their documents changed. Uh, but the fact is, is that it's, it, it comes down to what... Uh, uh, my daddy used to say, penny wise and dollar foolish. You know, people don't like attorneys. Why? Because it costs money. And most folks think it costs too much. I, I get that. You, you know, uh, you know. If, <laughs> uh, you, you, now, if you're sick, do you go to your doctor? Yes. Do you worry about the cost. Most of us don't. Uh, but the fact is, if those folks who have no money and no insurance, they do worry about going to their doctor, and oftentimes they don't go to the doctor. But the fact is, is that uh, most of us, if we're sick, go to the doctor. But 
you, you know, the, the fact is, is that if, if you don't have the right documents in place, then why wouldn't you go to a lawyer who knows how to give you the right documents? And the fact is, for seniors, it tends to be elder law attorneys who can give you the right documents, not necessarily estate planners. And not and, and the fact is most estate planners are not elder law attorneys. All elder law attorneys are estate planners, but not the reverse. Now, what the one document, now there are several documents that are a big issue for seniors, uh, but the most important document that uh, can make a huge difference for a senior in decline is the general durable power of attorney. Most most people, uh, whether they've had an attorney draw their document or not, if they did not get their documents from an elder law attorney, particularly uh, at an age where they're worried about a decline, uh, it's highly likely that the general durable power of attorney is not drawn in a way that can help you protect your property or to help you uh, get financial assistance for uh, long-term care issues and protect your documents. That's why the general durable power of attorney is so important to people that it allows your trusted agent that you've appointed to be able to do the things that need to be done at that time to protect your property and to get you the assistance that you need. Now, uh, and so obviously in my law practice, we tend to to give people advanced powers of attorney so that we know that we can do that kind of planning if, if they should need that planning in the future. And the you, to me, our focus is on life documents. How do, you, you know, what documents are necessary to take you through life? So many people think elder law and estate planning is death planning. You know, it's about a will. Well, a will is one of the documents that we can use to protect those you leave behind, their life. But it's your general durable power of attorney and your health care doc and your digital document and your medical release documents, since those documents that help take care of you while you're alive. And to me, it's a heck of a lot more important to take care of you while you're alive than take care of you when you die. <laughs> and so uh, it, to me, planning is all about life and, and how we uh, can um, and, and take care of ourselves. And when we can't take care of ourselves, who do we want that we can trust, that we can appoint, that is the best person to make sure that our wishes are carried out? Uh, that's what planning is all about. Okay, so I, I realize I've gone on too long about that, but what I want to come back with are some of the issues that I talk about in my webinar, particularly what I call the three big lies about Medicaid. The three big lies about Medicaid. So, so important. That's what I want to talk about. And I think we'll be surprised about some of those lies when it comes to Medicaid. We will get to that. If you haven't done your planning that we've been discussing today, or maybe you've 
uh, prepared some legal documents in the past and you're not sure if they're uh, a good fit for your current situation right now, schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Get those documents reviewed. Go online to WGA Law. Dot com and schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. WGALaw.com is also where you can go if you want to register for Bill's free webinars happening this Wednesday, January 12th. The morning session deals with long-term care assistance, many, much of what we discussed in the first segment, and the afternoon session deals with asset protection and trust planning. If you'd like to attend either of these sessions or if you're ambitious enough and you want to attempt to attend both you can do so it's free to do so free to attend free to register just go to wgalaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page or you can call the office 919-256-7000 919-256-7000 a quick break and back with more this is asset protection today with attorney bill alexander and we will be right back Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Don't forget, you can always go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill, whether it's scheduling an appointment to speak with him or to register for his free webinars happening this Wednesday, January 12th, covering the subjects of long-term care assistance and asset protection and trust planning, WGALaw. Dot com is the website to go to. Well, Bill, we teased it in the last segment. I feel like we need a big fanfare here. The three big lies when it comes to Medicaid. Well, what I have learned uh, over many years is that the biggest lies are always wrapped in a half truth. And it, it's just that way. Why? Because it seems true. It 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 is the... When you wrap a lie in a half-truth, it makes it very difficult for those of us to see the difference. And that's what it is about Medicaid, that, it, that most people think they know the answer. And, and guess what? It, it's those uh, things that we think we know, when it, it's, <laughs> that's when it just blows you away when you realize that you didn't know what you thought you know to begin with. You know, we don't know what we don't know. And that's uh, just how we have to deal with it. But okay, so let's talk about the three big lies of Medicaid. Well, the biggest lie probably is that you can't own anything and be on Medicaid. In other words, you have to be poor. Now, is Medicaid a means-tested program? Absolutely, no question about that. And means-tested means that there is an income test and there is an asset test. All right, so, but, but does that mean that you can't own anything and be on Medicaid? No, not, not at all. In fact, what folks do not realize is the fact that Medicaid is not 
based and never has been based on net worth. Medicaid allows you to and to be eligible for Medicaid and still own a lot of property. It there is no net worth test for Medicaid. So now, if you ask me, well, how much can you have? And the question is, it depends on what type of property that you have, not how much property that you have. I have clients who have net worths over a million dollars, even over two million dollars. Why? Because they own the right type of property. Now, and you said something about an income test. Well, what's the income test if you need nursing facility care? That your personal income, not your spouse's income, they don't look at your spouse's income. They look at your spouse's assets, but not their income. So is your personal income less than the cost of care in a nursing home? Well, guess what? A nursing home in this area normally costs around $8,000 or more a month. And if that $8,000 a month shocks you, just, you know, <laughs> look around. You're going to find that that's there may there are a few that are a little less than that, there, but there are a whole bunch that are more than that and prices keep going up. And so, how many of us have monthly income? That's more than $8,000 a month. Well, not many of us. So it's not a, the income test is almost irrelevant to Medicaid or the uh, being able to get Medicaid assistance. And so the, now they do look at the assets of both parties, the, the uh, person who needs care and the, and that person's spouse. Uh, but like I said, the, the spouse can normally keep a good bit of property as well. That's what we call countable property. But, hey, you can have a home you, you, that's, that's worth over a half million dollars and it's paid for, and you can keep it and you can protect it. Um, now, you might need an elder law attorney to protect it because asset protection is something that's really important. You can have a Rolls Royce. The only problem is you can only have one because the rule in North Carolina is you can have one motor vehicle of any value. So that that now you now if you have two or three vehicles, uh, whether they're clunkers or not, those are going to be countable. Uh, and, and if you if you're married, then you can uh, the spouse can own those and keep them, and that works. But and you know if. To the degree, there's a lot of other property that you can have as well and still be on Medicaid. So don't let anybody tell you that you have to be poor to be on Medicaid. Uh, you, you may need assistance from an elder law attorney to help you get your property to a point where you are Medicaid eligible. But don't let anybody tell you that you have to be poor to be on Medicaid. Now, there are... Other Medicaid, see, this is where the problem comes in. There are numerous Medicaid programs, and there are programs where certain assets are countable, whereas in, in like, for other programs, they're not countable. So, obviously, there are some other programs where you are limited, So, but it doesn't apply to all the other programs. So, does that confuse you? Of course it does, but that... <laughs> Okay, so first big lie, throw it out. Second lie, 
If you go on Medicaid, you'll lose your home. The, the state will take your home. Well, the fact is that there are lots of ways to protect your home. Uh, now, if you're married, it's easier to protect your home. And if the spouse who's healthier outlives the, the spouse who goes to the nursing home, then your home is automatically protected. Now, I don't like those 50-50 chances. I would rather make darn sure that a home or a farm uh, is absolutely protected. But in North Carolina, with an elder law attorney, you can protect any real estate effectively as long as you have the right documents in place. And that takes me back where? To the general durable power of attorney. If you have the right one, you can protect your property. <laughs> so it's the kind of thing where uh, the, these issues are really important, but they all relate to each other in terms of why one thing is important and why another, you know, it affects the rules that you're, you're playing with. But the fact is, is that there are folks who have lost their home to Medicaid. Why? Because they didn't see an elder law attorney. They didn't get the, the legal help that could have been gotten you know, oftentimes people come to lawyers when? After mama died, when she's been on Medicaid for three or four years, uh, and there's a Medicaid lien against the house because they didn't do the planning. And here again, my, my, my daddy's penny-wise dollar foolish comes into play. Okay, mom's on Medicaid, the house is still there, but guess what? They haven't protected it. Mom dies, and once you die, there's very little that you can do to protect the house. There are a few little tricks, so I would say it's worth going to see a, a good elder law attorney, but the, the likelihood of being able to protect the house after death is very, very slim, whereas if you get the help before that, uh, I mean, even after your own Medicaid, if you have property that's exempt that you can protect, it's worth doing. Uh, I mean, that seems like a no-brainer. So do we have a time for the third uh, lie yet or not? Uh, why don't we take a break here, and then we'll come back to the third big lie when it comes to Medicaid. And if you've been listening to this segment and uh, you've been worried about any of these potential outcomes, let me encourage you to attend one of Bill's free webinars. Go online to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button when you go to WGALaw.com, and be sure to register for Bill's morning session when it comes to long-term care assistance. You don't want to find yourself dealing with a long-term care crisis and not knowing what to do and how to protect your assets, go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button, and register for Bill's free webinar happening this Wednesday, January 12th. WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button to learn more. A quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. You 
are listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com is also where you can go to register for Bill's free webinars happening this Wednesday, January 12th. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning, WGALaw.com is the place to go. Click on the seminars button and register for, for Bill's free webinars happening this Wednesday, January 12th. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we are talking about the three big lies when it comes to Medicaid. We've addressed two of them. The first one being that uh, you have to be dirt poor to be able to be eligible for Medicaid. And the second one being that uh, you're going to lose your home if you have to be on Medicaid. So what is, we've learned that those are not exactly true. Well, clearly, and, and uh, you know, folks with property, uh, and if they have a loved one that needs to go on Medicaid, then, I mean, this is a no-brainer kind of thing, but obviously you need to go to a, an elder law attorney right away, not, I, you, I can't tell you how many families have come to me after they've had a loved one with significant long-term care expenses, and they've already spent most of the money before they come to see a lawyer. And the fact is, I've had so many families that say, oh my gosh, if we had known this two years ago or three years ago, we could have preserved everything, or that we're, you know, we're learning that we could have preserved everything, but now that we only have thirty dollars or $40,000 left, you're telling us we could have preserved four or five hundred thousand dollars and still gotten the care that we needed, and and it just blows their mind. Or the fact that, yeah, we we could have protected the home if you had just seen us before mom died. You know, uh, sorry, uh, that's uh, those are just you know it's after the fact. It's you know water over the dam, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Okay, third big lie. And this is now. There are lots of other things that confuses people. I mean, so there's not just three lies. That these are the three biggies. <laughs> okay, there are lots of other misconceptions. But what's the other one? If you've made gifts, you have to wait five years to get on Medicaid. Not true at all. Okay, why? Well, first of all, what people are thinking about when they think about five years is what's called the look back. And when you apply for Medicaid, social services will ask you for five years of statements, you know, your bank statements, your investment statements. They want to be able to look to see if you've given anything away. But first of all, uh, the look back period is not a sanction period it is or penalty period it is simply where they're looking back now depending on what you've given away because they're going to count up anything that you've given to family members over that 5 year period and then penalize it or sanction it so first thing you have to know is your sanction can be a whole lot worse than 5 years if you get, let's say you get, you gave away a half million dollar farm or home, uh, trying to protect it, and then two years later you need Medicaid. Well, you'll find out that instead, <laughs> instead of uh, a sanction for five years, you may have created a sanction for ten or twelve or fifteen years. 
Um, now, can you undo a sanction that you've created? Absolutely you can. It's called a gift back. And in North Carolina, we can do gift backs in many, many different ways. And a lot of folks don't realize that. Um, so, uh, you know, the five-year look back is Im really important in a lot of different ways. Uh, and, in fact, in most of the applications that we do for our families, we're having to undo gifts that have been made, uh, and not necessarily in contemplation of, I might need Medicaid up the road. I mean, that's the worst planning, at least as far as I'm concerned. And of course, uh, it's also the reason that some folks think knowing what they're doing when they don't is they make a substantial gift to their children or grandchildren. Why? In order to protect their property if they need to go on Medicaid up the road. And that's generally the very worst thing that people can do for multiple reasons that I'm not going to go into today because I don't have time, but making those gifts, thinking that you're doing the right thing to protect your home, protect your farm, protect your wealth, is generally the wrong way to go when there are certain other ways that can work for you 10 times better. And I rarely do what I call five-year planning, where we transfer property to children uh, five years in advance of needing Medicaid. And, of course, one of the reasons for that is we have other tools that we can use so we don't have to worry about five years. And secondly, who knows that they're going to need nursing home care in five years? Nobody. And, and if you can predict you're going to need it soon – Guess what? Five years is way too long to wait when you're having to pay $8,000 a month while you're waiting for your sanction to go away. <laughs> or you're waiting because you know you made a substantial gift and you have to wait five years before you apply. So all of those are horrible mistakes that, that people make. Uh, but the fact is, is that the five years is only a look-back period, and there is one person in the world that you can make a gift to without any kind of penalty. Now, I know you know the answer to this, Jason, because you've been here with me for a number of years, but a lot of folks don't realize is that you can make gifts to your spouse. In fact, one of the easiest ways for us to protect property is to transfer as much as we can, if not everything, to a spouse before we ever apply for for Medicaid. And that it helps in so many, many different ways. Now, there is one asset that you can't do that with more often than not, and that is because people tend to have large retirement accounts, and that would be a taxable event to transfer it to our spouse during our lifetime. Uh, now, if we have a really small retirement account, you know, ten or twenty, thirty thousand dollars then sure, we, we could just cash it out and make the transfer. But a lot of folks have really large retirement accounts. Now, there are ways we can make that a non-countable asset. But the fact is, is that, um, again, five-year planning is generally not the way to go for most of us. The trick, and now there's another piece of this pie that's really important when it comes to those five years, and that is 
Why are they asking for our bank records and investment records is they're looking for transfers. And it is important to us that what we give them is very transparent. In other words, they can see what we have done. That's called transparency. Well, guess what a lot of folks do that's not transparent? It's called C-A-S-H, cash. And there's a lot of us who go to the bank every month and get $100 or $200 in cash just so we have a little cash money in our pockets. Well, guess what? If that's what we do, then DSS is going to penalize that because they don't know what we did with it unless we keep our receipts, and none of us keep our receipts like that. So the fact is, is that the DSS will presume that we've taken our cash and handed it to our children unless we can prove otherwise. So cash is our enemy. So if the only thing you, you do is to get mama to stop using cash and use her debit card or her credit card, instead, you've won the day. <laughs> so good luck with that, guys. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, that's a battle that um, may be a little bit more challenging than uh, than we give it credit for. But uh, that's exactly right, and that's uh, if if you've learned anything from these three big lies when it comes to Medicaid, and you want to learn more, you need to attend Bill's free webinar. Go to wgalaw.com. Click on the Seminars button, and there you can register for free. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, sign up for the morning session. If you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, sign up for the afternoon session. It's free to attend either of them, and you're going to learn so much, just like you do during these programs from Bill. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button to learn more. If you want to call the office, that phone number is 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget, Bill's webinars are happening this Wednesday, January 12th. If you want to learn more about asset protection and as well as uh, trust planning, that be sure to sign up for free for the webinars. Or if you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, we talked a lot today about Medicaid and having the right legal documents in place, be sure to go to WGA Law. Dot com. Click on the seminars button to register for free. Bill, any uh, words, parting shots well, before we leave today? Just, just for my veterans, and that is um, occasionally I'll have a veteran who is Vietnam era, did not actually serve in Vietnam. Uh, and this is true uh, for some Navy folks and Air Force folks particularly, had one who served in Thailand. But guess what he did? He cleaned out bombers, uh, and had a lot of Agent Orange exposure. Now, technically, he's not part of the Agent Orange settlement, but guess what? If you can show 
that during your service you were exposed to Agent Orange on a regular basis particularly, then you may very well have a cause of action. And this is not something I do. I send folks down to the North Carolina Division of Veterans Affairs to help you with an application for what's called in-service connected disability based on the Agent Orange settlement. It's such an important settlement for folks to get what they deserve. And as a VA accredited attorney, uh, that is so important to me to help veterans, uh, whether I help them or I can send them to somebody who can help them for free. uh, That is what is so important to me. And so for those folks, you really need to pursue uh, that, that disability. That's great advice. And if you need to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, go to WGALaw.com or call the office 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope to see you at the webinars this Wednesday, January 12th. And we hope you'll join us again next weekend for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.